Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Understand what 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 victory, what victory really means is is the fact that that we already have won. We already won. Already have won. Think about that. Already have. Christ already declared the what victory. Christ already declared the victory. Already won. Sometimes we lose only because we think that we have not already won. See, victory as defined, because see, sometimes you got to go to your dictionary also, because see, a lot of times we don't understand even the words that we read in our own scripture, and we have to go and define those things. And victory is a success or triumph over an enemy in battle or war. Success or triumph. And see, see what victory assumes is that you are in a battle. That's right. That's right. Victory assumes that you are in a war. We are in a battle, and we are in a war. Whether you realize it or not, the minute you wake up and get up out of bed, the enemy is trying to do everything to distract you, to depress you, to discourage you, to doubt you, to whatever the deeds he want to do to you, to down you, to, 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 to depress you, whatever he needs to do to, to take you off your victory. To take you off your victory. But see, victory also is defined as the ultimate and decisive Superiority in any battle or contest. The decisive, meaning the decision already been made. The decision already been made. And it says the decisive superiority. How I many know we serve a superior God? We serve the God of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. See, you can't just say that as a cliche. You got to say that from down here where you know. You got to look back at them. That's why he say, he say this doing remembrance of me. He says, because I need you to remember me. I need you to remember what I did for you the last time. This ain't the first time you done confronted this. This ain't the first time you done had some trouble coming to your life. This ain't the first time you don't have to deal with this. Did, 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 you, did I not bring you out the last time? Did I not fix it the last time? Are you still here? Weren't you supposed to die the last time? Weren't you supposed to contract that disease the last time? Weren't you not supposed to make that money the last time? What happened the last time? Well, why are you worried about it now? You already had a victory. You already had a victory. Matter of fact, God says, I only allow things to show up in your life. And I say allow, because God does not cause bad things to happen. But he will allow, because he said, I'm just trying to show you, first of all, who I am. And, and what position you already are in. Amen. Amen. And see, that's the thing we got to realize, is we got to be in the proper position. The proper position. In order to walk in that victory, because see, if you if you're not in the right position, it's even like you know football players and, and, and any team type sport that everybody has their position to play, and you can't ensure 
proper victory unless you play in your position. A quarterback can't, can't play center, and a center don't play wide receiver, and a wide receiver don't play defensive linebacker. I know some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about because you don't understand football, but what I'm saying is everybody got to play in their position. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Find what it is you're supposed to do, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and watch what God does. Find your position. But what we're going to talk about today is truly is what your position truly is, the foundation of your position, because God created us with a position from the very beginning. So I want everybody to turn to Genesis chapter 1. That should be easy to find because it's the beginning of the Bible. It ain't one of them funny books that we don't understand the name of sometimes. This is Genesis. It says a new beginning. So how many know if we get it right in the new beginning, if we get the revelation, then we can have a new beginning. And you never have to go through all the other stuff. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, that's all revelation is about, is to put you back to the new beginning. Is to put you back to the new beginning. That's why the book ends with Revelation and starts with Genesis. But see, if you really look at it, it starts with Revelation. Because see, once you get the Revelation, you can start things new. You can start things new. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1, verse, uh, what we got, 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, then God said. See, now the then, that means a whole lot of stuff that happened prior. Whole lot of stuff happened prior. The whole lot of stuff was he he said let there be light that was. He said let the, he said divide the light from the day and the, from the darkness it was dark. And he went through all the creation. He put the stars in the sky and all the, the birds and the animals and the sea and the ocean and 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 the, and the earth and all that everything. He created the earth. And then in verse twenty six he says, "Then God said, and see whenever God wants to do something, He speaks. He declares it." He says, then God said, let us, let us, meaning it was more than one. It, it was a, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. Our image, that's important. Our image, not in somebody else's, not in, not in another person's image, not in their own image, but in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Amen. Amen. So we have right here the, the creation story of man. And we've heard this story plenty of times. You know, even in Sunday school as kids, you, you kind of learn the Adam and Eve story and, and God created us and made us. And, and even in uh, chapter two, he really goes in a little more detail about forming us out of the dirt and breathing life into us. But, but in, this, 
in these couple of little scriptures I read just then, I want us to really see how God is positioning us. How God is really setting the foundation for us to not only walk in victory, but to let us know that, that we was victorious from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Because there's five little points in here that, 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 that I want us to see. And the very first one is in, in verse 26, where it says what? It says that God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man. Make man. See, we were made. made. We were made. He says, let us make man in our image. See, now what, is, what does make mean? See, now why I say we ought to have a dictionary sometime because, see, you, you really get deeper understandings. You can't just gloss over words. That's why you don't get the revelation because we just run through the scripture without understanding. But see, to make means to bring into existence by shaping or changing material, combining parts to produce or cause to exist. To bring about, to cause to become. See, that's what make is. See, it means that, that God brought us into existence. He, he, he combined some parts and he put us together. Well, what, those, what were those parts? What were those parts? The parts was him, the Godhead. He said, let us make man in our image. Uh -huh. Let us. Make man. So he's saying, I want a little bit of I want a little bit of the God, the Father in them. I want a little bit of the Holy Spirit in them. I, I, I want a little bit of the Son in them. So, so I want the Father in them because I want them to have the Father's mind so they can walk in the Father's power and authority. I want them to have the Holy Spirit in them because I want them to walk in discernment and to be able to see things that be not as though they already are. And then I want them to have a little bit of the Son in them because I need them to be discipline and to walk this thing out and to manifest all that they truly are. Let us make man. Make man. This was not no accident. This was not no happenstance. This was not no no, no little last afterthought of God. No, God was sitting there like a like a scientist, if you can imagine it, and saying, I, I need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't want them to lack nothing. Let us come on together. Let's do this in unity. I need you, Father. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, the Son. I need us to make man in our image because they need to know who they really are. Yes. Let us make man in our image. And see, then it says that make also is to produce by making or preparing. So, so he's preparing. He's preparing something. He's preparing something. It says invented or to prepare. But then I like to let one of these other definitions where it's the past tense of make, which is made. Because if, if he made us, then he made us. And, and I know some of y'all probably used to watch them Godfather movies back in the day, and he, he said that you were made man. That's what the Italians and the, and the gangsters, they, they, they were crying and say, you were made man. Well, what does made mean? Assured of success. 
assured of success. See, when the, when the gangsters would, would make you a made man, then that means that your success was assured. You didn't have to worry about nothing. You had protection, you had dominion, you had authority, you had all you needed to carry out the instructions of what they told you you was made for. Well, that's what God is saying. You had an authority, you had a protection, you have all that you need to be the made man to assure the success of what I sent you here for. You was made in our image. See, and that's just the first little part. We ain't even got to the other part. Amen. See how the, see, I hope you're getting the revelation that this is more than just the some little thing you gloss and run through, but it's establishing us in who we truly are. And who we truly are. And then in verse 27, you, you, we have to combine that because he says, so God created man. Now, wait a minute. Now, ain't making create the same? See, that's how powerful God is because he, he not only made us, but he created us. Remember I said making is, is the putting together. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the cooking a cake and you put all the ingredients in. I need a little bit of the eggs. I need a, some sugar. And I need the butter and I need the flour. And you know you stir everything up. So you 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 you've made you've made a cake, but you ain't created it yet. See the creation don't happen until you put it in the oven. Some of y'all ain't even catch that. I caught that. See, some of y'all in the oven and in the hot right now, and then it feel hot and it feel God said, oh, oh, I prepared you, but now I'm trying to make you. Don't jump out the oven because you're gonna fall flat if you come out too soon. He says, I'm trying to make you into something right now. Don't jump out the process. Stay in the process. I know it's hot, I know it's hard, I know it's depressing, I know it's discouraging, I know you're getting weary, I know you're getting tired, I know you're getting frustrated, I know you're getting upset, I know you're getting down. I know you're getting woke out. I know you're getting upset. I know you're getting angry. He said, but just stay in there just a little while longer. Because I got the thing set on 350 degrees. And as soon as I let you come out, then you'll be able to taste the sweetness of who you truly are. Because yes. I'm trying to make you. I'm trying to make you. He said that we are made assured of success. Assured of success. So he says, let us make man in our own image. And then he created us in his own image. Well, let, let, what, what, well what do we say about create? What, what, what is the, what's the definition of that? He says he, he created man in his own image. And see, creation means to cause to come into being. To cause to come into being. See, meaning that God, is, he, he put the ingredients, but now he's saying, I need you to come into being. Meaning, I need you to be. I need you to be. I need you to be. All the things are there, but now you need to be. I'm not talking about what you become, what you became. I'm talking about what I made you to be. See, what you might have become over your lifetime, what you might have became over your lifetime, might not be who God called you to be. What did he create you to be at the very beginning? So you got to have that conversation with God. God, who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? Be. Not what I became, because I, I, I might have became a, a, a drug head. I might have became, you know, somebody to let people run all over me. I might have became somebody who can't handle their money. I might have became somebody who can't forgive. But that ain't who God made me to be. 
We got to have that conversation because it says the cause to come into being. Then it says to evolve from one's own thought or imagination. Now that's powerful right there because being made means to evolve. I mean, being created means to evolve from one's from from one's own thought. Well, if God made us, then we evolved from where His own thought. His own thought. God said, "Yeah, exactly. Not from no monkey." See, see, people. I'm, let me touch that real quick. See the evolution. When Darwin said that we came from monkeys to animals, see, I think what happened is Darwin got a revelation from God, but because he didn't really understand it, he, he interpreted it in his own way. Because, see, what I think it is, until we truly know who we are and who we're supposed to be, then we will walk around on all fours with our animalistic instincts. But God said, I need you to evolve from your animalistic instincts, your animalistic lust, your animalistic desire, meaning you do whatever you think is clever, I need you to evolve from that into a man. So I need you to go from walking on all fours to standing upright, standing in righteousness, standing in glory, standing in holiness. See, that's the theory of evolution, but the whole thing is, it ain't really no theory. It's a fact. God has called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. He called you from your all fours to stand upright. So God, see, God gave Darwin something, but Darwin couldn't fully understand it. He said because the things avail to those that don't have the spirit. But see, I got the spirit of God in me. So I see what Darwin really was trying to show. What we see, what we got to understand is God called us from those animalistic things where we driven by our lust, driven by what we see, driven by what we feel, driven by what we want. God said, no, I need you to evolve into my own thoughts. Evolve into what I'm thinking. Think my thoughts. Think what I say. Think what I do. That's what he's talking about. That's the theory of evolution. Don't let nobody teach you otherwise. It's right there in the scripture. Now back to regular schedule program. He says to cause, create means to cause things to happen, to bring about or to arrange. See, when God created us, he arranges some things. You ain't no mistake. You're not no accident. I don't care if you came here on accident. Your mama and them didn't plan on you, but you you wasn't an accident. God let it happen. I don't care if it was out of wedlock. God allowed it to happen. You know how many babies don't make it here? You know how many babies don't survive? So if you stay still here, you're still breathing. God allowed it for a reason. For a reason. Ain't no bastards in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Because God will take what the enemy meant for bad and do what? Thank you. Help me with this thing. God made and created. See what that called him? He called us into his image and his likeness. But then with that creation, he qualified us. That means, see, when you qualify something, that means you recognizing it as a professional. 
See, when, when in IT, when you take all these certification exams and stuff, and, and it qualifies you, and you can tell people, I understand this, and I know this, and you qualify, I'm a professional. And say what you got to look at, I'm a professional about this thing. I ain't no rookie to this thing. I might have came in just a while ago, but that don't mean nothing, because I'm tapped in to the divine, infinite knowledge of God. So even if I just got saved yesterday, I'm still a professional, because I'm tapping into the thoughts and the power and the mind of God. Woo! See, this is knowing who you are. See, you can't walk in victory till you know who you are. Again, you playing as a quarterback, but you're supposed to be a receiver. You trying to throw, but God saying, I'm trying to get you to catch. Some of y'all will get that when you get home. Verse 27, that's, that, that's the maiden create. That's, that's the first one. That's the first one. I, I'm going to get through this a little couple more. Then in verse, back in 26, the B clause, he says, he says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all and so on and so forth. I like that part where he said, and let. See, let is it, 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 a very powerful thing. See, we use the dictionary today. Because, I mean, see, dictionary and the Bible go together. Y'all don't understand that, but yeah. it, it works. Because a lot of us read stuff, but we don't even understand what we read. Let means to allow or permit. To allow to pass, go, or come. To grant the occupancy or use of. To contract or assign. See, that's what God is saying right there. He's saying, let them have dominion. So what is he saying when he's saying, let them have dominion? Allow them to have dominion. Permit them to have dominion. Allow them to pass and go to have dominion. Grant them the occupancy of my dominion. See, God is allowing us to live in his dominion. His authority. That's powerful, people. He said, let us, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. God is saying, you know what? I'm appointing y'all. That's the number two. He says, I'm appointing. That means, appointing means to decide beforehand. See, he decided all this beforehand. He says, I created it and made them. I got everything lined up, but they need something to do. They need something to do. You just can't make them and not let them do nothing. You can't just create them and not let them do something. He says, let them have dominion. Let them have that. Because everything I just created beforehand, all the stuff I did prior, the five days prior, it was all for them. It was all for you. So we don't let them have dominion. I'm going to give them or I'm going to ordain them. See, all of y'all been ordained and don't even know it because you're waiting on a man to ordain you. But if God never ordains you, man can't even do it. All he just did was hand you a piece of paper that don't mean nothing. He said, he said that I've already given you dominion. Dominion. Dominion means to reign and to rule. So see, a lot of it, and God is showing us how to do it. How do we rule in the first part? By speaking. Because everything that God is doing right now, he's speaking it. So God is trying to show us, if you want to have dominion, if you want to have authority, then you got to start speaking that thing. 
You got to speak that thing. Because see, that's why he lined it up first. I'm going to make them in our image and I'm going to create them in our likeness. And, and Because when they start speaking and having dominion, they're going to do it like me. They're not going to try to rule under their own understanding. They're not going to try to rule under what they feel. But they're going to be connected with me. They're going to be connected with me. And so then he says, he said, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. That means to let them do what I sent them to do. Let them have the authority. Let them have, let them have dominion. See, dominion means the power or right of governing and controlling. It means to rule a territory. See, that's the whole thing that, that some of us, you got to get understanding of, is that being here, this is an apostolic ministry, and without going into a full detail of what that means right now, but apostolic really means the sent ones. And see, when you sent, that means you sent to overtake a territory, to overtake a dominion, to over to rule and govern a dominion. Well, how many know if you went, you sent to a territory, the enemy going to fight you back for that territory? He's not going to just let you have it. So don't think what we're going through is strange. It's just a part of the process. Because the enemy said, I'm not going to just give it to you. I, you got to see, even the enemy want to see if you really mean what you say, and God even more so. He said, because I can't just turn it over the dominion and authority is just somebody who don't really want it or who don't really mean it or who ain't really gonna do nothing with it. I gotta see if you're really truly gonna do what you say you're gonna do. Because see, dominion is a territory. He says, so let them have the territory. Let them have the authority. I have appointed them, appointed them to do so. And then that, then the third point, the third position he did is verse 28. So he's made us, created us. That's one. He's appointed us by letting us have dominion. That's two. And the third one is in verse 28. And then it says, and God blessed them. So not only did he see fit to make us a creator, put, put a little bit of himself in us, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit then breathe life into us and, and fully make us, I mean, fully create us. He didn't just stir up the ingredients, but he put it in the oven and made it come into being. But not only did he do that, and then he said, well, I'm going to give you a, some dominion. I'm going to give you territory. But then he says, you know what? Wait a minute. There's something else I need to give them. There's something else they're going to need. I need to bless them. I need to bless them. I need to bless them. See, y'all ain't even getting that like you really. See, you got to understand who you are. This is what God did in the beginning. And that means in the beginning of your life. That means before you was formed in your mama's womb, God was doing the same thing. You think he changed the process? God said, if it ain't broke, I ain't fixing it. This wasn't a broke process. God didn't break the process. Adam broke the process. But before then, it wasn't broke. So God said, I'm following the same blueprint. I'm going to make and create you. I'm going to appoint you. And now I'm getting ready to bless you. I'm following the same blueprint. And what does bless mean? Means anointed. Means anointed and enabled with power. Anointed and enabled with power. And I know a lot of people, when we think anointing, we think, you know, getting splashed down with the oil and all that. But see, I, I, we can even look at it like that because, you know, when you all slicked up and oiled down, you you hard to grab hold to. 
you hard to grab a hold to. And don't let that run all the way to the left with that, you know. But you're hard to grab hold and the enemy can't grab you when you're anointed. Because you slip out of his hands. So see, the enemy got a hold to you and you feel yourself wrestling. You might not be as anointed as you think you are. Because the enemy can't grab hold and hold on if you slippery wet. You see, anointed means to rub or sprinkle on or to smear with liquid. Then another definition is to consecrate or make sacred. To consecrate or to make sacred. So God says, I need to bless them. I need to make them sacred. I need to consecrate them. I mean, I need to set them apart. I need to set them apart. See, God set us apart from the very beginning. That's why Paul can come back in the scripture and say that we can be in the world, but not of the world. See, God and Paul understood the blueprint. Paul understood, say, wait a minute, it's just something different. Yeah, I, I'm in this world, but 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 I'm, I don't think the same way. Because I renew my mind daily. I think on the things of God. I think on the things that are holy. I think on the things of righteousness. So I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. That because I've been consecrated, I've been set apart. See, blessed also means to to be to be worthy of adoration, to 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 to, to be divinely or supremely favored. See, we are divinely and supremely favored. That's why the scripture can tell us that that we not only have favor with man but with God, because God blessed us in the very beginning. He says, "I favored you." He says, "That's why you gonna get the job when you ain't even qualified. That's why you can get the loan." when you, your, your credit score below zero. That's why you can get healed even though you're smoking a pack a day. Because see, I, I find favor in, in, in you. I see something in you. That's why God, that's why I can stand here and preach today even though I used to smoke out all day long and hold out the rest of the time. Because God says, I, I still found favor in you. It's something about you. I got to set you apart. He said, you're acting a fool now, but I can line you up so that you can know who you truly are. Because you're walking how you became, but that's not who you're supposed to be. You became a weed head, but that's not who you are. You became a hoe, but that ain't who you were. So I need you to get back to who you're supposed to be. Thank you, Jesus. And understand that you blessed. blessed. And I know we love to say, blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed and highly favored. And people, we, we say it all cliche. And it don't have no power. Because we don't understand what it truly is. Blessed also means bringing happiness and, and thankfulness. It says, to, it says to request of God the bestowal of divine favor. See, that's where the favor comes from. We, we, we request. Blessed also is defined as to protect or guard from evil. See, God is doing all that. So he said, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them. So that's, that, that's, that's where we are. We, he made us, created us. He, he appointed us by giving us dominion. And then he blessed us. And then in verse 28, after he's done all that, how I many know God ain't going to just let you take all the goodies and not do something? He didn't bless you with your talents to sit on them. He didn't gift you with the things that you were gifted with to do nothing with it. He didn't give you the mind that you have and the thoughts that you have just to sit there and 
and, and look at me every Sunday. That ain't what he did. He, he, he gave it to you. He, he gave you a, everybody in here has ministry. Because all ministry really means to be a minister is to serve. How are you to serve somebody? I know Brother Darius, this thing is education. And we used to, I used to tell him, I said, that's your ministry. I said, yeah, it can be a business and nothing wrong with making money. It ain't got nothing to do with it. But, but what's your intent? See, it's, it's one thing to make money. It's another thing to let money make you. So see, what we have to understand is everything we do is really a ministry because we serve in God if we truly are children of God. If we truly children of God. Amen. So we, we, we find that God is, has made us, created us, appointed us, and blessed us. Why? Because he said it right here in verse 28. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful and multiply. We hear that all the time, and, and, and people are like, oh, okay, be fruitful and multiply. And, and sometimes we think of that as being the same thing. Well, how do you know fruitful and multiply? You know, some people take that literally, and they, you know, they have about five, six, seven, eight, twenty babies, you know, three different baby mama, four different babies. You know, I'm fruitful and multiplying. No, that's not what God really was talking about. That ain't what he was talking about at all. At, at all. At all. He just wasn't even talking about that. Somebody said he wasn't even talking about that right there. Not that. <laughs> what was he talking about? This is what he was talking about. I want to hear, here go. God was given instructions. That's the fourth thing is he instructed. He was given a vision. He was given a vision. He was saying, I need you to what? Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Let's look up that word real quick. Fruitful. What does that mean? Fruitful says, fruitful says to do what? It says producing good results. Producing good results. Producing an abundant growth. Producing beneficial results. Producing results. See, when he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, I want you to be fruitful. He said, I want you to produce good results. He says, because I made you and created you. He says, I he says, I appointed you. I, I, I gave you. I blessed you. So now I need you to, to produce. To produce. To produce. And not only just produce, because some of us just busy to be busy. But God says, no, I need you to produce good results. I need you to have some results. See, I need you to, I need to see the fruit of what was in what you say you're doing. It's one thing to talk. Everybody can talk success. Everybody can even look success, successful. But God says, no, I need you to produce. That's why when Christ was passing back from Bethany and he saw the fig tree and he pulled it back and he didn't see no, he didn't see no figs on it. He cursed it. He says, you will never produce fruit again. He said, basically he was saying, you ain't even doing what you were sent to do. So I might as well not even give you the power to do it. See, y'all missing that one. He says, you ain't doing what you were sent to do, so I might as well take the power from you to even be able to do it. Because you won't even tap into that power anyway. So if somebody else needs to have it. Amen. I know people love to quote that little scripture that, you know, gifts without repentance and God will give it to you and you won't ever take it away from you. But I truly believe that God will, God will, and, and this ain't total scripture, this is me, me talking, but but, but I believe that if you don't use it, God says, you know what, then, then what is it there for? Because God is a producing God. God is a God. Everything we see right here, he's produced something. 
And it did. It happened. When God said it, it happened. When God said, let it be light, it happened. When God said, let us create man, it happened. When God said, bless them, it happened. Now he said, be fruitful and multiply. But it don't happen. But it don't happen. Now ain't it funny that everything else, listen to God. When he said, let there be light, light sold up. Here I am. When God said, now divide the darkness from the from the light and call the darkness night and the day and the light day, day showed up. Here I am. Night said, I'm over here. Then when he said the sea, the, the animal, the, the sea filled with animals and, and the sky filled with the birds and all that, everything showed up and listened to God. And then he comes to man and he said, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Produce good results. And what do we do? What do we do? Well, I ain't ready, God. That, that, ain't, that ain't what I was called to do. I don't, I don't feel like that. See, what that feeling is, those feelings get in the way, and it blocks us from who God is truly trying to be in our life because we're trying to line our feelings up with what God's got to do. But God says, sometimes what you feel ain't what, what I feel. He says, and success will never be found in your comfort zone. He says, see, we're afraid of pain. See, we, we, we seek comfort. We seek comfort in relationships. We seek comfort on jobs. We seek comfort in, in, in money and finance. We seek comfort everywhere except from, from the comforter. That's why he says, I'm sending the comforter to you. So why are you worried about your comfort? The comforter is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. So why you always got to try to be Find comfort. You already have comfort. So now you can step outside of the comfort zone and reach what I tried to get you to do. Which is to produce good results. What do you have to produce in your life? What has God requested for you to produce? Is it a book? Is it a business? Is it a ministry? What is God? Is it just calling somebody on the phone to produce a good result in their life? He told you to call and pray for them, but for some reason you just so busy all the time. God said, quit trying to be like Martha and start being like Mary. Don't be so busy that you miss what I'm saying. Don't be so busy that you think that that's what I want you to do. No, I need you to come and sit by my feet and receive all of who I'm trying to get you to be. Then I'll tell you what you need to go and do and you won't even have to be so busy because you'll be able to do it with sweatless effort and sweatless victory because I had a super working with your natural and things that you thought was going to take you three months will get done in three days. But you got to be fruitful. And then he says also multiply. See, those things are different. Because either he would have said fruitful or multiply. He said fruitful and multiply. Kind of like peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. It's just don't, I mean, you can eat the peanut butter, you can eat the jelly, but it's just something about them together. When you put them together. When you put them together. Ebony and ivory. You know, there's some when you put them together. You can play all the white notes on the keyboard, but when you start adding them black ones in there, see, it ain't good till you get the black. Amen. <laughs> Be fruitful and multiply. Well, God, what is you talking about about multiply? Let's look that up. Multiply. See, y'all didn't know we were going to be in the dictionary today. Amen. Dictionary and scripture. Amen. It all go together. You got to define the word because the words define you. Amen. 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 Multiply. 
Multiply means to make many. Increase the number or the quantity. Well, some people say, well, that sounds like fruitful. No, see, fruitful means to produce the good results. See, fruits produce what? Seed. If you open up any fruit, it's got seed, unless it comes from Monsanto, you know, but that's a whole other story, but them GMO products yeah. with no seeds, and that's how you know it ain't a good fruit. If you open up a fruit and ain't got seed, you might not want to eat that, because it ain't natural. It ain't natural. All fruit produce. God set it up that way. He says that all he says that all things will produce after his own kind. All seed will produce after his own kind. Meaning if you got an apple, it's gonna have apple seeds, which eventually gonna produce more apple trees, which will produce apples. And God says, I want you to be fruitful. Fruitful means produce good results. But where do good results come from? Who, who who's our seed? God. Because we was made in his image. So that's the seed that's in us. And now God says, I want you to be fruitful. So that means I want you to produce more of me. That's right. Be fruitful. Produce more of me. That's the good results. Produce good. Produce God results in your life. Produce God results in your circumstances. Produce God results in your family. See, all of us got a circle of influence. And we can affect that circle of influence with your presence if you produce good results. You already know what you're supposed to produce after your own kind. Well, guess who your own kind is? God. God. I don't care what you did. I don't care how you're acting right now. I don't care what you did last night. You still belong to God. God says, I'm still in there. I was there when you were doing it. I was there when you, I allowed it to happen, even though I'm sitting there shaking my head and sucking my teeth, but I still allowed you to do it. He says, you still mine, so you need to produce like me. And then he says, after you learn how to produce, now I need you to multiply. Well, what is multiply? Teach somebody else. Teach somebody else. This is how you do it. Oh, you don't know who you really are? You don't know that you're an apple? You're over here producing bananas, but you're an apple. That's why it's so hard for you to get bananas, because you're not a banana. You're an apple. Oh, you over here trying to do oranges? You ain't an orange, you're a banana. Just be who you are. See, that's multiplying, because now the, the people who know they oranges, they start producing oranges, and those oranges produce oranges, and those oranges produce, and it becomes a cycle that you can't even get out of. It's called multiplication. And see, that's what God wants us to do. But see, the church, we don't become so so caught up on adding. We love to add numbers. And that's why, again, God know what he's doing when Brother Dad's praying about the increase. See, we all love numbers. But see, I, I, I God forbid, and I come against numbers increasing and bring cancer into the church. I'd rather preach the three of y'all than 5,000 cancer wicked witches filling up the church. I ain't got no time for it. You ain't gonna be beating me up from the daggone congregation. I'd rather have three that's really sold out than 5,000 that I gotta beat down and fight while I'm standing up here. See, it's about, uh, and everybody want to add. And you know, pastors, they get to get, well, how many you got? How many showed up on your Sunday? How many, and I'm like, it don't matter. They all showed up, because I'm preaching to who ain't even now. And I'm preaching worldwide, because I put it on the internet, and they can all show up whenever they want to. So what, what really numbers you count? What numbers you count? Because I don't preach to the tell you, me, Paul, and AJ. And I don't preach to other folks. And I don't went to other churches and preach to. It don't matter to me about the number because I'm not in the addition game. I'm in the multiplication game. I'm trying to take what God has given to me so that I can give it to you so that you can give it to somebody else. I'm hoping you touching people that I'll never see. That's how you multiply. 
They might not never show up in here, but their life been affected by what God gave to me to give to you, to you to give to them. That's multiplication. And see, we want to fight with addition. How many you added? How many you added to the kingdom? See, I'm not about adding. Because see, the devil ain't about, ain't about subtraction. The, the devil is about division. He divide and conquer. Well, if we fight an enemy that's dividing, you can't fight division with a with, with addition. You're going to always lose. You got to use multiplication. Because multiplication is fast addition. So you can't fight an enemy that's dividing and conquering with simple old addition. See, we playing checkers and he playing chess. He, it's time out. We got to know who we are. God says be fruitful and multiply. He ain't know why he said add. He didn't say add to nothing. He said multiply. Multiply. To perform the process of multiplication. To increase in number by procreation or natural generation. Procreation. That means to procreate is for your creation. He said you need to go out and procreate. That means you need to be contagious. I need you to sneeze on some folks. I need you to let them folks know. I need you to infect them with the God virus. Let them know that you're contagious. Don't come around me unless you want to catch it. I got something on me. And if you stand around me long enough, you're going to get with it too. Because I got something all up on me. I've been up in the hospital and I didn't get well. I got sick with the God virus. And if you want to get sick, with it, we can get sick with it. You can get sick with it. You can get turned up with the God virus. So don't come around me unless you're ready to get something. That's right. That's right. Shouldn't nobody, should nobody be able to come around you and not get contagious. They should, they should, they should, they should be able to see like, wait a minute. There's something different about you. It's something different. I don't understand quite what it is. And see, you ain't got to beat them down with the scripture. They, this is the scripture. I am the scripture. I'm the walking epistle. And when you see me, you see God. And that's not, and see, some people are scared to say that. Because they're like, oh, he's trying to be God. He think he God. I never said that. I said, when you see me, you see God. Being you, I'm not God, but you see the God in me. That's what it's all about. You got to walk in who you are and be bold. Amen. Bold. And I'm running out of time here. Let's get to the last one. Because God gave us that envision. So number one, he made and created us. Number two, he appointed us, gave us the dominion. Number three, he blessed us. Number four, he gave us the instructions, which was to be fruitful and multiply. Or oh, then I missed that part about subdue. I ain't even going to hit that real long, but subdue. That means take under. That means you might have to fight for some things. That means you might have to beat that thing down. See, when you subdue something, that means you got to beat it down. That means you in a fight. That means that you gotta really, you gotta really get that thing. Sometimes you might have to, you might have to press past how you feel. See, like Pastor Paula, she didn't feel like coming today, but she came anyway. See, you got see, see what subdue means is to conquer and bring into subjection, to overpower by superior force. See, we gotta start overpowering some things. We gotta overpower how we feel, cause see, we don't feel like it on Sunday. Cause brother Dad prayed to my life. You know, sometimes it rain in the winter and it's cold in the winter, and, and, and we allow that to overpower us. But oh, Monday morning comes, some kind of way you magically find a way to show up at work. But it's the same rain and the same cold. See, we gotta overpower that feeling. We gotta subject, subject that thing. We gotta repress that thing. We gotta bring under subjection anything that's 
contradictory to God. It means to, to bring on the cultivation too. That's, that's what subdue means too. That means to cultivate. That means there's some people in your life that you might need to cultivate. You might need to bring them under your wing and, and show them how to walk this thing out because they haven't figured it out all the way. You might have to walk with them and talk with them and pray with them and fast with them. You might have to cultivate them. Cultivate means you got to go in there and get your hands dirty. You might have to go in there and dig out some roots and, and dig out some weeds and, and, and pull away some things so that that fruit can, can 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 multiply because see God even he said he a lot of people get the scripture wrong when he talks about that being a part of the vine and if you're not producing or whatever you're going to cut you away from the vine but see that word really cut away in the Greek where, where that scripture is it really means what they would do, the old wine growers, the grape growers, when they found the branch hanging on the ground because it had done got heavy, they would come in and lift it up. That's what it is. And then they'll put a trellis on it. And we know what a trellis look like. A trellis basically look like crosses. And because you got the, it's a fence that's made of a bunch of crosses. So what that scripture is really saying is that when you find that person who is down, then you got to come in and help lift them up and show them the cross. Point them to the gospel. Point them to the good news. Let them know that God is still God. Let them know that he's still the king of kings. Let them know that his name is still above all names. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what it looked like. We serve a God. Didn't he bring you out before? Didn't he do it before? Well, if he didn't do it for you, he did it for me. You might not have no testimony, but I'm going to show you my scars. This is what it looked like. I used to be an ex this and an ex that, but if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have made it through. Yeah, you know, I walked through that battle of the shadow of death. I didn't feel no evil. Why? Because God was with me. His rod and his staff, what? They protected me. They guided me. They comforted me. So that's how we got to do it. We got to bring people up so that they can be fruitful and multiply. And then lastly right here, God finishes it all up. He's not only made and created us, appointed us and blessed us and given us the instruction and I love God for this because he leaves no excuses. Nope. In verse 29, he tells us to do all this stuff. Then in verse 29, it says, God said, behold, meaning look now, take, all, take this a hold. Hold on to this. Don't let nobody take this out your hand. Don't let nobody take this out your hand. He says, I have given, given. Everybody know what give is. We ain't got to define that because everybody like to get what somebody give them. <laughs> Especially if it's free. Amen. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. What is that really saying? God is saying, I provide it. I provide it. Not only did I make and create you, not only did I give you dominion, I appointed you. Not only did I bless you. Not only did I give you the instructions. You ain't even got to figure it out yourself. I gave you the instructions, but now I'm gonna now I'm gonna provide for you. Cause see, where I give vision, I give you provision. I give you something to carry the vision out. And not only am I gonna give you something to carry the vision out, but if you look at, it, he says, I give you every plant yielding seed. So he's showing us how to be fruitful and multiply. He said that very seed and the plants that you're looking at, copy them. Do what they do, because they listen to me. They produce after their own kind. They have seed that produce fruit. Just do like them. 
And I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to provide that to you. So you will always have an example of what to do. God says, I provided the provisions. And it shows us an example of, of how to yield. And see, the, the thing is, is that when he did this to man, which, which is man and woman, because we saw that he said he created male and female, it, it, it gave them a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. And see, a lot of times, that responsibility becomes heavy. You, you got a lot of responsibility. You, you're very accountable for a lot of things. And especially when you get taught those things, ignorance is no longer an excuse. So you become responsible. And you, that's why a lot of people don't want, that's why they say ignorance is bliss, because you ain't got to be responsible for nothing when you're ignorant. Because you're just like, I don't know. But how I many know that ignorance is not an excuse? Because, because God is revealing things. God is showing you things. And he's saying, I know you got responsibility. I, I know it's hard. I, I, I know that, that, it, that it weighs you down sometimes. I know that heavy is the head that wears the crown. Because we all royal priesthood. Amen. I understand that, 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 that we don't always want to be accountable to, to people and each other. And we don't want correction and reproof. And, and we don't want to do it always. And we don't feel like it always. And God says, I understand all that. But, but, but I, I made you so that you can be that way. I, I made you so that you can be like me. I, I blessed you. I, I appointed you. I, I give you the vision that you need to do. I, I've even provided for you. So you can do it. But in case you just done forgot, and I'm finishing right here, in case all that didn't even matter, look at the whole sequence of events. This right now is the sixth day. The five days previous, God has laid everything all out. Just laid it all out. And then on the sixth day, he creates us. On the sixth day, he creates us. So that lets me know we're not an afterthought. God says, I done laid it all out for you. I already done all the work. I already did all of the things. I already done provided everything. And now I'm just turning over the keys. I done built the house. And now I'm just giving you the house. Oh, but in case that wasn't enough, then if you look at it, the seventh day, the scripture tells us what? What is about the seventh day? Come on, y'all. That's Sunday school. That's easy. He rested. He rested. God rested. Because he said, I'm really done now. I done did everything. And I done created the man who I really was intending to create from the very beginning. But I had to set some things up first. Prepare the table before the enemy. So it lets you know the enemy was already present. <laughs> I prepared the table before the enemy. And now I'm finna sit down. That was the seventh day. But here go the beauty part. Here go the beauty part right here. God created us on the sixth day. He rested on the seventh day. So that means that our first full day of existence on earth was on what? The seventh day. God's rest day. So God says, your first full day of existence, just rest in me. Just rest in me. Just rest in me. Just rest in me. I'm going to show you how to do it, Adam. Just rest in me. You see, I'm resting. 
Just rest in all of what I already done. Just rest in what I already said. Adam, I made you created you in my own likeness and image. So you ain't got nothing to worry about because you when you walking, acting like me. Adam, I appointed you. I, I gave you all that you needed. I'm giving you dominion. I blessed you. I've instructed you. I provided you. Now, now just rest in all that. Just rest in all that. Rest in it. That means, that means don't worry. That means don't be fretful. That means don't be anxious. He says just rest. Adam's first full day on earth was on a rest day. Get that. His first full day was on God's rest day. God says, this is how you do it. You rest in the finished work. He said, you see how I'm doing it? I did all the work, and now I'm resting. Now rest in the finished work. Rest in the finished work. That is our position. Remember, that's why I started off. I said, well, our positioning is we supposed to rest in the finished work. See, we have faith, and that's what we get into this thing with. We come into Christ with faith. He says, unless you have a faith, we can't even understand it. So faith is just the beginning. Don't just rest at the beginning, because now we got to come to trust. Trust means that, 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 that God, I, I know you can. I know, I know you can for me or whatever, but then God said, I need you to graduate to rest. You go from faith to trust to rest. Rest means, God, I know you already have. Even if I can't see it, I know you already have. I'm not even going to worry about my situation right now because I know you already have. I'm not going to worry about what I'm going through right now because I know you already have. I'm not going to worry about what they saying because I know you already have. I'm not going to worry about what they doing because they already have. I'm not going to worry about what I'm feeling because you already have. I'm not going to worry about how much money I got because you already have. I'm not going to worry about the pain in my body because you already have. I'm not going to worry about the backbiting because you already have. I'm not going to worry about the confusion because you already have. I'm not going to worry about the depression because you already have. I'm not going to worry about the headaches because you already have. I'm not going to worry about them doing me wrong because you already have. I'm not going to worry about them acting a fool because you already have. I'm not going to worry about how I fall down because you already have. I'm not going to worry about if I can get because you already have. God is faithful. He already have. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Say it with me. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. One more time. It's already done. That's it.